Northern Vermont University's president resigns and an interim president is named all within 24 hours. Sherbrooke, Quebec's police department complains about a toxic work environment and climate change increased the bill for Superstorm Sandy to the tune of $8 billion. It's a nice warm day right now, trending warmer. Bob's World is next. I want to get back to seeing my grandbabies every Sunday and smothering them with big hugs and kisses. I want to get back to football games with my boys. I want to get back to feeling and touching, connecting with the people around me. I want to get back to family dinners and my grandma's mac and cheese. I want to get back to real grocery shopping, taking my time, walking down every aisle, smelling the tomatoes and melons, having a free sample or two or three. COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now there are vaccines and they are the first step that let us get back to feeling optimistic about the days ahead of us. It's okay to have questions. Is it safe? Should I get it? Should I wait? Now, get the facts. Learn more at GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Bob's World for Tuesday, May 18, 2021. Good afternoon, I'm Bob Welch. Here's what's happening in the Great Northeast. A day after Northern Vermont University's president announced she will resign this summer, an interim president has been named. NVU's Board of Trustees said today that John Mills will fill the position. WCAX reports Mills is a former president of Paul Smith's College in New York and Mount Eliosis College in Pennsylvania. He has also been a faculty member at MIT, Harvard University's Medical School, Dartmouth's Medical School, and Clarkson University. Mills will take over as interim president at NVU for Elaine Collins, who announced yesterday that she will resign in mid-August. Collins served as president of Johnson State College starting in 2015 before it joined with Linden State College to become Northern Vermont University in 2018. She says building Northern Vermont University was one of the proudest accomplishments of her career. She says she plans to seek new professional challenges. The work climate at the Sherbrooke Police Service seems to be upsetting many of its officers. Eric Baudouin is the president of the Association des Policiers et Policières de la Ville de Sherbrooke and said in a police statement that the current state of the work climate within the department is disastrous. He reported that police officers in Sherbrooke are experiencing a complete lack of openness from management and human resources to discuss working conditions and how police officers feel. He says that officers are being forced to work overtime, but that work-life balance is difficult. Baudouin says the Quebec, the Sherbrooke Police Service is suffering from both a lack of retention and recruitment difficulties. The association is calling on Sherbrooke's mayor, Steve Lachier, to in Public Safety Committee Chair Danielle Berthold to intervene. Get ready to hit Montreal's terraces sometime in June. That's if you're on the Canadian side of the border, because the border is still closed between the U.S. and Canada. Restaurant owners, after a meeting with the province of Quebec last week, are getting ready to welcome you then. Details began to trickle out yesterday about the province's reopening plan, which won't be officially announced until this afternoon. 
Restaurateurs say they got a bit of a heads up last week in a meeting with provincial officials and they heard that the reopening will likely begin by June 24, Quebec's national holiday, possibly with terraces opening a little earlier than indoor dining rooms. Yesterday afternoon, Radio Canada, CBC French Service, reported that the first date could actually come a bit earlier with the province allowing terraces open on May 28, even in red zones. Either way, it can't come soon enough, said police in the industry, although they agree that caution and public health need do come first. Some restaurant owners said the idea of a staggered outdoor-indoor opening could be tough to navigate, so they hope the indoor openings follow closely after the terraces. It's not profitable to run a restaurant just using the terrace, they said. But some customers told CTV they're definitely on board with getting terraces back, with one calling them an extra space for people to come together. Infectious disease specialist Dr. Donald Vinn said that the culture of Montreal lends itself to a relatively safe reopening, in a way. The Bob's World four-day forecast for Northeast Vermont, northern New Hampshire, and adjacent Quebec. Partly cloudy today, high 73. Uh, West-northwest wind, 10 to 15 miles an hour. Tonight, considerable cloudiness, low around 50. With a wind at the northwest at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Tomorrow, with sun and a few passing clouds, high 81. A wind out of the northwest at 5 to 10 miles an hour. Thursday, partly cloudy skies in the morning will give way to cloudy skies during the afternoon, high 86. And a partly cloudy Friday morning will give way to cloudy skies in the afternoon with a stray shower or thunderstorm possible, high 83. And a cloudy day on Saturday with showers and a high of 78 around the region. It is 65 degrees in mostly cloudy Montreal, 76 mostly sunny Boston, sunny and 74 in midtown Manhattan. We have Ogdensburg reporting sunny in 71, Bangor mostly cloudy 74, Hartford mostly sunny 80 degrees, as is Springfield mostly cloudy in 80, Chatham Cape Cod 68 and sunny, Brewster, New York in Putnam County 77 and sunny, in Canada, Halifax mostly cloudy 64, St. John, New Brunswick 55 and cloudy, Eastport, Maine is still 58 and sunny. That is the relatively cool weather, cool water temperature of the Bay of Fundy. It is 71 degrees under partly sunny skies in St. John's Re at 111 as we're recording this. Uh, the air quality index is 39. The air quality is good. The wind is out of the northwest at 9 miles an hour. Once again, 71 degrees in St. John's Brie going up to 75. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council.
New Hampshire's unemployment rate for April was 2.8 percent, a decrease of two-tenths of a percentage point for March, and a big difference from a year ago when it reached a peak of 16 percent during the coronavirus pandemic. New Hampshire Unemployment Security Office said today that the seasonally adjusted estimates for April 2021 placed the number of employed residents at 735,970, a decrease of 490 from the previous month and an increase of 118,630 from April 2020. The number of unemployed residents decreased by 1,460 over the month to 21,410. This was 96,280 fewer unemployed than in April of 2020. A new study says climate change added $8 billion to the massive costs of 2012 Superstorm Sandy. Today's study says the sea level rise was four inches higher than it would have been without human-caused warming. Scientists say four inches may not sound like a lot, but in New York it meant a lot more damage, including 36,000 homes flooded. This is one of the first studies to add a dollar amount to climate change's contribution to extreme weather events. Past studies only said individual disasters were more likely and stronger because of climate change. This study used computer simulations to show just how much worse it was. A man has been charged with disorderly conduct for an explosive gender reveal party that was heard by nearby residents in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. Anthony Spinelli was charged yesterday. It wasn't immediately known if he had a lawyer and a phone number couldn't be found for him. Police in Kingston, New Hampshire, a town not far from the Massachusetts state line, received reports of a loud explosion the night of April 20. They responded to Toromeo Quarry, where they found people who acknowledged holding a gender reveal party with explosives. Police say the source was 80 pounds of Tenorite. Huntington's disease is a hereditary degenerative disease of the brain. It affects your behaviors, your mind. And it's a relentless disease. If you took Alzheimer's, if you took schizophrenia, if you took Parkinson's and you mix them all together, you would have Huntington's disease. Huntington's disease is passed from generation to generation. Huntington's disease is devastating. I just hope that I'm the last. Learn more at curehd.ca. Hi, I'm Amine. Sometimes starting a conversation with a friend about mental health can feel awkward, but your support can make a huge difference. You know your friends best, so if you feel like something's wrong, trust your instinct and reach out. Learn how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Tuesday, May the 18th, we're at, in 2021, the 138th day, with 227 days left in the year, as you are hearing the fans blowing in our studio in St. Johnsbury, Vermont, as uh, I'm on the second floor and the 71 outside starts to feel warmer inside. <laughs> it's a constant challenge to chase the heat out. And that is why the fans are on. Priscilla Pointer is 97, Robert Morris 90, Dwayne Hickman 87, Baseball Hall of Famer Brooks Robinson is 83, and Reggie Jackson is 75. 
Former Senator Tom Udall, a Democrat from New Mexico, is 73. Rock singer Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo is 71. Country singer George Strait, 69. Joe Bonsall of the Oak Ridge Boys is 73. International Tennis Hall of Famer Yannick Noah, 61. Rock singer-musician Paige Hamilton, 61 as well. Tina Fey is 51. Jack Johnson, 46. Rick Wakeman of Yes is 72. And from November 1983, it is the first track and single from their 11th studio album, 90125, written primarily by guitarist and singer Trevor Rabin. Contributions were made to the final version by singer John Anderson, bassist Chris Squire, and producer Trevor Horn. This is Owner of a Lonely Heart.
that is Yes and Owner of a Lonely Heart on Bob's World on this Tuesday, the 18th of May. Got my second COVID shot exactly two weeks ago today, so that means I'm fully vaccinated. I can move about as I like. And we will be taking this podcast on the road, I envision, in short order. I was able to acquire a laptop today, and that means we're able to do this. Stay tuned, as we say. On this date in 1652, Rhode Island became the first American colony to pass a law abolishing African slavery. However, the law was apparently never enforced. The Siege of Vicksburg begins during the Civil War on this date in 1863, ending July 4th with a Union victory. 1896, the U.S. Supreme Court in Plessy v. Ferguson endorsed separate but equal racial segregation, a concept renounced 58 years later by Brown v. Board of Education of Topeka. 1910, Halley's Comet passed by Earth, brushing it with its tail. 1927, an America's deadliest school attack. Part of a schoolhouse in Bath Township, Michigan, was blown up with explosives planted by a local farmer, Andrew Kehoe, who then set off a bomb in his truck. The attacks killed 38 children and six adults, including Kehoe, who'd earlier killed his wife. Authorities said Kehoe, who suffered financial difficulties, was seeking revenge for losing a township clerk election. 1933, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt signed a measure creating the Tennessee Valley Authority. In World War II, 1944, Allied forces occupied Monte Cassino in Italy after a four-month struggle with Axis troops. Jacqueline Corcoran, age 47, became the first woman to break the sound barrier in 1953 on this date as she piloted a Canadair F-86 Sabre jet over Rogers Dry Lake, California. 1973, Harvard Law Professor Archibald Cox was appointed Watergate Special Prosecutor by U.S. Attorney Elliot Richardson. 1980, Mount St. Helens volcano in Washington State exploded, leaving 57 people dead or missing. In 1981, the New York native, a gay newspaper, carried a story concerning rumors of an exotic new disease among homosexuals. It was the first published report of what became known as AIDS. In 2011, 10 years ago, Dominique Strauss-Kahn, the managing director of the International Monetary Fund, resigned, saying he wanted to devote all his energy to battling the sexual assault charges he faced in New York. The charges were later dropped. The United States slapped sanctions on Syrian President Bashir Assad and six others for human rights abuses over their brutal crackdown on anti-government protests. And how could I forget to mention this? 1642... Montreal was founded by French colonists. On this date in 1765, one quarter of that city was destroyed by fire. That is a reminder for my closing song today of the album Long Distance, released in 1976. Here is Robert Charlebois with Je reviendrai à Montréal, or I will come back to Montreal. That's Bob's World for Tuesday, May 18. I'm Bob Welch. Our feedback phone is... 802-467-0212. I'm on Twitter at Bob Welch, N-E-N-Y. Good luck and be well.
Dans un grand Boeing bleu de mer J'ai besoin de revoir l'hiver Et ses aurores boréales J'ai besoin de cette lumière Descendu droit du Labrador Et qui fait neiger sur l'hiver Des roses bleues, des roses d'or Dans le silence de l'hiver Je veux revoir ce lac étrange Entre le cristal et le verre Où viennent se poser des anges Je reviendrai à Montréal Écouter le vent de la mer Se briser comme un grand cheval Yeah. 